Hello and welcome to Expert Opinion in ENT. This is Dan Robinson and today I'm talking to Dr. Sam Douthwaite, who is a head and neck reconstructive surgeon who works on the Gold Coast Hospital. Sam Douthwaite uh, did a fellowship in London, Ontario with Professor John New in head neck uh, reconstruction and transoral robotic surgery. Uh, Sam Douthwaite currently works on the Gold Coast Hospital at uh, Gold Coast University Hospital and has an interest in head neck and head neck reconstruction. Thanks for joining us, Sam. And today we're talking about the scapular tip flap. Just like to start with asking you, what is the scapular tip flap? Uh, thanks, Dan. Uh, so the scapular tip flap is uh, it's an osseous flap which is based on the angular artery of the uh, thoracodorsal uh, system, uh, the subscapular system. Uh, it's generally harvested as a more well, an osseomyogenous flap with uh, local muscle flaps attached to it, uh, and it's used uh, extensively in uh, head and neck reconstruction. And you mentioned muscles. What muscles are, are commonly attached to it? So generally, the muscular attachments into the scapular tip that that we use uh, as local flap options are the uh, teres major, uh, which attaches into the lateral aspect of the scapular tip, and also the serratus anterior, uh, which attaches into the uh, deep surface of the scapular tip, and variable lengths of those muscles can be harvested with the tip itself. What, what length can you expect to uh, attain from those muscles? Uh, so the, it's really quite a random blood supply um, that's based off the periosteum and local uh, branches of the angular vessels or the serratus anterior vessels if you harvest that as part of the flap. Um, so the, the lengths of the serratus uh, anterior and the teres major uh, that you can harvest are reasonably short and define the measurements as to uh, how long those segments can be haven't been measured uh, in the literature with perfusion studies or whatnot. What vessels and pedicle length uh, is available for the scapular tip flap? So the, 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 the tip itself is based on the angular artery which is variably described in the literature up to, it's probably on average about seven centimeters from its uh, origin, which is mostly from the thoracodorsal uh, artery. Uh, but sometimes it can arise from the serratus anterior as well. But the real advantage is in uh, the dissection of the more proximal portions of the thoracodorsal and the subscapular system. And certainly uh, you can raise lengths of pedicle in excess of 15, 17 centimetres, which is obviously an advantage in head and neck reconstruction. And what is the approximate flap size which is possible with this flap? So the, the length of bone, the real benefit of the scapular tip is that it provides you the opportunity to take a short segment of bone which without waste, um, and that's real, really one of the, I suppose, philosophical criticisms of the, uh, the more widely described uh, fibula free flap is that you have to, say, get a short segment of four or five centimetres of bone, you're really harvesting a long segment of bone and then wasting a lot of it. Um, and it's the same within the um, lateral border of the scapula as well. To take a short segment of bone in the lateral scapular border uh, really takes a lot of muscular dissection, um, and you, and uh, there is a uh, that has consequences with regards to morbidity of the patient. So, with regards to the scapular tip, you can harvest short segments to say down to three, four centimeters, up to about eight to nine centimeters of bone, uh, reliably on just the one vessel, which is the angular artery. 
Okay, and what are the steps uh, which you undertake when you go to raise this flap? So one, one of the criticisms, or what, not, not criticisms, I suppose, but one of the misgivings of uh, the subscapular system is that the patient position is, is difficult. Uh, certainly there are a lot of surgeons who would place the, reposition the patient during the operation. Uh, in my practice, I don't. I have the patient uh, in the lateral decubitus position with a, the modified shoulder and um, truncal uh, support that places them in about 20 to 30 degrees lateral uh, so that you can then just roll the table to get them back into the supine position uh, for the ablative surgery and then you can roll the table to to the opposite side that you're working on um, to uh, turn them to, into the sort of 30 degree lateral decubitus and really that allows you the opportunity to prep both your ablative site and the donor site all in the one prep at the start of the operation and not have to re-prep or reposition. And then the steps of the, um, the actual procedure itself involve what's called a lazy S incision. It's really over the, it's placed from the axilla, the posterior axilla over the lateral border of the scapula and down around the tip. Um, and um, the, the sections end to the underlying deep thoracolumbar fascia, um, exposure of the the posterior border of the latissimus dorsi muscle, uh, which sometimes need to be partially divided to get access to the tip itself, and then the scapula is distracted, uh, and the and this is a posterior approach to the angular vessels, which are seen then to be running on the undersurface of the scapula tip, um, with distracting the um, latissimus dorsi anteriorly, and then. It's a matter of division of the teres major and serratus anterior muscle attachments and following the angular artery up into the thoracodorsal or serratus anterior uh, takeoff as it may be and then into the subscapular system itself. The osteotomies are readily performed and easily performed with great visual visualisation of, of the, um, uh, the bone that you're cutting and freely keeping the pedicle um, in a safe position away from your your saw and um, and then you, it requires then for the underlying subscapular subscapularis muscles to be divided uh, for the final part of the section. How uh, do you close this donor site? Is there any specific tips? So the, 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 the real key to closure is that you need to reapproximate the serratus anterior muscle to the scapula. Uh, that's absolutely vital in maintaining shoulder function in these patients, along with, along with a dissection which protects the long thoracic nerve uh, and thoracodorsal nerve itself. So, um, but that reapposition of the cut serratus to the uh, scapula muscle, uh, to the sorry, to the um, scapula itself, uh, with uh, transmuscular and transosseous um, sutures, is uh, vital to prevent winging of the scapula. And do you routinely use a drain in these patients? Yes, so uh, at least uh, one, often two, um, sort of large bore non-infringe Blake's drains, uh, and then this, the the uh, this, the the superficial um, dissection is closed primarily. And the, with regards to managing them postoperatively, really we get the physiotherapist to to reinstate some uh, passive. Uh, shoulder exercises uh, within the first week uh, and then they move on to active shoulder rehabilitation which is a key point in their re rehab. 
You've touched on the morbidity associated with potentially taking um, this flap. What is the morbidity that pe people can expect associated with a scapular tip flap? So this, I suppose, most of the literature uh, to this point uh, with regards to the subscapular system and um, donor site morbidity relates to the lateral border. And certainly the amount of muscular dissection that you need to do on a lateral border uh, flap does add to donor site morbidity and reduced range of uh, shoulder function. Uh, certainly that's one of the great advantages of the scapular tip flap is that your muscular section is much less uh, than that with the lateral border and their shoulder function, at least anecdotally at this point, and we're currently working on um, studies to compare the tip to the lateral border and to the fibula. Um, our, anecdotal experiences these patients donor site morbidity is reduced and what uh, recipient sites would uh, you commonly use or would you recommend as an option uh, to use a scapular tip flap in my, my main experience in using the scapular tip flap is for maxillary mid-base reconstruction as well as short segment mandible reconstruction but you know in any head and neck defect which requires bone stock whether that be scalp mid-face and mandible would be our most common sites. Uh, again, the natural geometry of the scapular tip uh, is that it's a, it's a fantastic uh, donor site for angle of mandible reconstructions without needing to perform osteotomies. Again, the short length uh, get, it makes it a great option for short body of mandible uh, reconstructions. And in the mid-face, it, it's particularly useful uh, given the point that I made earlier regarding the pedicle length, uh, and that's a that's often a significant issue with regards to mid-face reconstruction, is that uh, if you do have short pedicle, uh, then you're condemning yourself to needing to use vein grafts, and we know that um, the use of vein grafts does increase your complication rate, uh, so it, it can uh, it can give you the opportunity to avoid uh, those situations. Sam, thank you very much for your time. Um, as a final parting word, do you have anything else that you'd like to add, um, perhaps reiterating a point that we've covered or a uh, point that we haven't covered in relation to the scapular tip flap? I think the main points that I would make with regards to the scapular tip is that it's extremely versatile. It gives you great opportunity to take a short length of bone uh, with minimal morbidity to the patient. It does have some local myogenous paddle options um, and it can also be incorporated into a larger chimeric flap where you can take other um, paddles from the subscapular system, whether that be myogenous or myocutaneous or indeed the remainder of the lateral border. Uh, so it's an extremely versatile flap. It has low donor site morbidity in and of itself. Uh, and for patient outcomes and patient rehabilitation, it affords you the opportunity to ambulate these patients early in the post-operative phase. Uh, and we know that they, with regards to their donor site morbidity, morbidity and shoulder function, that they do well. Well, Sam, I'd like to thank you for participating in this interview. Uh, please stay tuned to the podcast or follow us on Twitter for more updates on expert ENT opinion. Oh,